podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Cricket Unfiltered. We're live on YouTube and Twitter. I'm Menas. I'm joined by Paul Dennett. What a stinking week. I, I contracted COVID all week. You know, I'm just recovering. And then I wake up on Saturday morning and Justin Langer has resigned after being pushed out by the board. In, an incredible day, Paul. Yep, sure is. <laughs> I don't even know where to start. It's got so many different ways that you can sort of unpick this. But I sense that we're going to get, um, you're going to get pretty angry at some point during this podcast. <laughs> yeah, look, I am. I'm also like, you know, had a lot of medication this week. <laughs> haven't left the house. Uh, so, you know, I'm mad. I'm, I'm mad, like I'm literally mad and I'm angry. So <laughs> it, it could be a real mess. But I guess, look, let, let's get on with the key details. So, you know, I was on the um, press conference with Nick Hockley this afternoon, the CEO of Australian Cricket, and he outlined the offer that was given to Justin Langer, which is absolutely pathetic. Um, they basically said to him, look, your contract finishes in June, July. How about you stay on and defend the T20 World Cup on home soil? And then off you go, son. And Nick Hockley said that Langer earned the right to defend that T20 World Cup. Uh, but just absolutely pathetic the way this has been handled. Um, we'll start off with that offer, Paul. I mean, you know, how can you go to Langer and say, here's a few months? You've either got to say, mate, we don't want you anymore or we're going to extend you. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's just um... – I just realized I'm on the one wrong Wi-Fi link, so I'm going to just click, click to the better one if I disappear for a second. Anyway, while he's doing that, I'm just going to say Paul and Jaleesa jumped on at my urging last night to record an episode because I had no voice all week. Uh, this is, I mean, it's still a bit croaky, but I had no voice. And I said to Paul and Jaleesa, so much has been happening. We've got to record an episode um, this week. So, I, you know, I strong-armed them into recording and then, bang, it dates in like 10 minutes. Like, Paul, Paul, he basically releases the episode and then a few minutes later, Justin Langer resigned. So uh, apologies to Paul and Jaleesa. Uh, it's excellent. Go back. They talked a lot of good stuff, not just on Justin Langer. You back, Paul? I'm back. Yes, I, um, I won't bore you with that, but we've got two, ne- two Wi-Fi networks, one terrible and one good, and for some reason I'd connected to the terrible one. Um, yes, that, that show was clearly the reason that Langer delayed. They, they wanted to get the, um, the Cricket Unfiltered out of the way because they knew that if they, we would eviscerate them, but we're back the next day. That is an offer so bad, I mis- initially thought I'd misread it. Um, I saw in the thing where they said that you know we want him to be able to defend the World Cup, and I thought, that's in October. That's three months after his offer ends. Um, of all the things to do... Uh, the- <clears throat> I think that you and I are going to agree on a lot of things. That we're probably going to disagree on whether Langer should have gone or not. I'm sort of ambivalent. You're obviously of the other um, opinion. But I think that we agree with most other things. And the fact is, Cricket Australia, they just don't like to make hard decisions. If, in reality, they knew that the players were not going to want Justin Langer and that nothing that had happened had changed, they needed to sit down before the Ashes had finished and amongst themselves say, we have to make a hard call. We either 
disappoint the players or we disappoint the coach. It's got to be done quickly and it's got to be done seamlessly. Instead, to drag it out for weeks and weeks and in the end, kind of put themselves into a position where they could say, well, we didn't cancel him. We didn't um, We didn't sack him. He just, he chose to go. Uh, come on, you know, a six-month offer. That is, did it even... Was it was it was it due to end halfway through the 2022-23 season? Um, let's, was it after the Sydney Test or something? That's bonkers. No, no, it was, it was just through the end of the World Cup. It wasn't even through the summer. That's how. Oh, uh, so it's. I was assuming it was six months from the end of his contract. No, so it was, I think it was just till the end of the T20 World Cup, and then that was, so it was it. a three month offer. Then and really. Hockley explained it as it would be a transition period. So, so the, the, the key thing is then if you read between the lines, basically. His cards were marked. That's it. Like he could have, um, they could have won the T20 World Cup. They could have won the Ashes a, a thousand nil. Everybody, he could have been the player's best mates. But whatever happened, someone had decided it was time for him to go. And uh, I just think this is, this is just the the worst form of leadership from Cricket Australia. Robert Craddock released a column in the Daily Telegraph and he said, CA had a simple choice, back him or sack him, and they didn't either. It was pathetic. Exactly. And I have to say, uh, the first Mad Men is, I, I, I admire Nick Hockley's steadiness as CEO of Cricket Australia, but I think his steadiness has got him into a lot of trouble in the last few weeks. He sat on the fence while Steve Smith didn't play in the Big Bash and he has let this issue drag on. Hockley, as CEO, should have taken Langer into back room somewhere a month ago and said, J.O., look, mate, I can tell you it's not looking good. You've done a great job, but we're really thinking it's time for a change. Have that tough conversation that Langer says he wants. So if he'd have been told, look, mate, it's the odds of you staying on are very low, maybe Langer would have just taken it and gone. But this has just been a clusterfuck. Absolutely. And I mean, I was laughing that a six-month offer, it's effectively a three-month offer. That's ridiculous. That That is so insulting um, to, to sort of... And it's also based on a false premise, like he has earned the right to defend his um, T20 World Cup. What kind of nonsense is that? Normally, World Cups are spaced out by four years. No other... Like, they've just invented that as a way of um, making this offer seem slightly less bizarre, which it doesn't. It speaks to me that they are interested in their own jobs and not interested in the betterment of cricket, that they are acting like a bunch of politicians. I said it on the show with Jaleesa yesterday. They're thinking to themselves, over the next six months, 12 months, the odds are Australia's going to have nowhere near as much success as we've had in the last um, few months because we're touring Pakistan, we're touring Sri Lanka, we're touring India, and we've got the Home World Cup. We probably won't win the Home World Cup, even though we're favourites. The odds are that someone else will win it because there's you know lots of other good sides. We may well lose in Pakistan, Sri Lanka, and India. If we are identified as the ones who got rid of the coach and that then happens, we will look like idiots. On the other hand, if we say, no, we're going to keep the coach and that will annoy the, the playing group, we're going to be um, intensely unpopular that way. And they've spent three weeks trying to find a compromise that just doesn't exist. And the insulting offer that they've given of Justin Langer, yeah, you can stay on as coach for about seven and a half minutes and then you must leave the building. Um, that's, you know, uh, even for those who think that Langer should go, that is just ridiculous. Yeah. It, uh, I heard Christina Matthews, um, the CEO of Western Australian Cricket Association, talking earlier, and she was quite balanced saying that she probably doesn't agree with it, but 
Cricket Australia can choose the coach. That's their, you know, that's their job. They can pick the coach. But yep. they, she feels that the way Langer was handled as a person was awful. Like he, the way he and his family have been treated through this <coughs> whole process. And she's right. I mean, this is dragged on. And what Cricket Australia have effectively done is they've stuffed both sides. So they've they've fucked over Langer. He's gone. He's resigned. So another uh, bomb has blown up in their face. He's They've hung the players out to dry. By not yep. sorting this out a few weeks ago, Cummins has had to front the press um, looking like a Muppet. Uh, you know, all the players have been sort of doing this little jig. Um, clearly they don't want him. I mean, that's not in debate. But the, the CA needed to sort this out as quick, smart, for the sake of Australian cricket. They let it drag on, and now they're a laughing stock. And, you know, England are waiting. England are waiting to pick pick um, Langer, and I can't wait because I'm telling you I'm going for England in every game <laughs> against Australia. Uh, you know, my, my kids have got English passports. My wife is English. She's been wanting me to do this for 20 years. Well, this is it. You know, next Ashes, if Langer's coaching England, I'm wearing the, the St George's Cross on these podcasts. Mate, that's not the hill to die on. I mean, I've always been the one who's been able to see I say maybe it's better if England lose 4-1 rather than 5. No, they must lose 5-0 and we should burn their country down and salt their land. And now and I'm saying they're not all bad people. They're all bad people. And all of a sudden on the, on the account of only Justin Langer, you're switching and you're singing God Save the Queen. Absolutely. 100%. When, if, if Langer takes that job, I'm team JL on this one. I'd love to see him rub the Australian noses in it. So um, I guess... I guess it's kind of gone past debating about whether he should have stayed on or not stayed on. Um, and we've talked about that a, a lot on the podcast. Um, so I I don't think we need to go over that again. But, I, you know, I do think it, this Australian cricket team need to be really careful. I heard bloody Hockley saying today, oh, well, you know, we're going to have like a coach by committee. Well, you know that, that, you know what happens when you have coach by committee? It's people start doing stupid shit like taking sandpaper out onto the field. You need people leading a ship like Australian cricket and having like assistant coaches wafing around in the background and letting all these seasoned pros run it is not going to fly at international level. It's too stressful. It's too demanding. You need a strong leader, whether that's Langer or somebody else, but you know, and where's the captain? There's no strong captain. Cummins is test captain. He's not even white ball captain. Finch is on the way out. We don't even know who's going to be white ball captain in years. So they can't say we've got a magnificent leadership group. Cummins has done the job for one season. I mean, the players be better careful what they wish for. As you said, we could have a, a stinking 18 months, and in 18 months we are begging Justin Langer to come back. Yeah, but if we, uh, my point was that we could have a terrible um, upcoming period. I'm not saying we will, but we might. But the, the, we probably would have had that same period with Justin Langer in charge as well. I'm saying they just knew that the odds are that we've struggled in these places before, regardless of who the coach is. I, I don't think that the fact that Cummins has only been in for one year or the fact that Finch is getting older, that's irrelevant. I don't see that there's any problem with that, that we'll, we'll get new leaders in who are half decent. I think we'll get a new coach in who's decent. I, I, I think that Langer came on board at a time when Australian cricket was at a very low point both obviously with the sandpaper gate, but also that under Lehman, um, you know, things had gone too far the other way, that, that they got Lehman on board in 2013 as a relief because of the, um, you know, Mickey Arthur was probably a bit too soon for that side. And then it, it became too relaxed and standards started to drop and they needed Langer to get the minimum standards back up again. He did that. He's done a lot of good things. And I think, although it's 
terrible the way it's ended, I still think it's probably a reasonably good outcome. We had a real hard guy in for four years, done a lot of good things. Um, now let's move on. And I think that we we can move on to bigger and better things. I just think that it's very sad that it's that it's ended this way. And I feel sorry and sad for, for Langer personally. The notion that he hasn't seen his family since September, he's now flying back um, you know, into quarantine um, with all this behind him. It's, it's, a, it's a sad end to a, a pretty successful reign. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I mean, when Langer came in, I mean, little things like fitness. I mean, you know, mm. he made it pretty clear that the fitness of the Australian cricket team wasn't up to scratch. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I hope we don't go back to those, um, you know, um, ways like porky Australian fielders running around because no one's, um, you know, brave enough to have tough conversations like Langer was. I don't think we will, but I think that's why part of the reason I think Langer did do a, a good job. But, you know, little things that, that at the time didn't seem much, but all those things in the documentary of um, when was it when they um, they had a, a bit of success for the first time in a while and um, one of them said, and, you know, today's the first day, the first time we've seen the coach smile for months or something like that. That seemed funny at the time because it was in the context of a group celebration and everyone was having a bit of a, a joke. But you add them all up and you think, oh, that's not that's not ideal. And, you know, Kawaja saying, you know, the players are walking around on eggshells near you. That I've, that anecdote about Finch that I've related before where he was saw he was on 50 not out in his um, test match, one of his few test matches, saw a ball, was going to loft it over mid on, thought, oh, don't want to get in trouble. So he sort of did half and half and ended up getting caught. I think the fact that the players got sick of Langer's um, mercurial behaviour is not nothing. And I think that may, the ironic thing is if he does go to England, maybe – he will go there as the best version of Langer that he'll look back and think, yeah, I did stuff things up with Australia, but now I'm um, absolutely the best version I can be. And he might actually take England to, to some success. Although again, not to sound like Ian Chappell, I think that the, the importance of the coach can be overstated. Interesting. There is a link. I think Justin Langer and Andrew Strauss played together at Middlesex. So, you know, there could be some, the dealing going on here. I mean, England sacked their coach two days ago and, Justin Langer resigns basically the next day. I mean, that might not be a coincidence. We should get Strauss um, to Australia. I mean, I know he doesn't want to because he's um, he's obviously dealing with the raising his kids after the death of his wife, and it's, he doesn't want a full time position in cricket. But rightly or wrongly, I don't think they should have got rid of Kevin Peterson. But when they did, there was a parallel there. Peterson scored a triple, an undefeated triple century in county cricket kind of analogous to what Langer has done. Like you'd say he can't be sacked now. And Strauss still sacked him at the time. He had the guts to make the hard decision. And Peterson walks in fresh from 300 not out and Strauss says, sorry, you're never going to play for England again. Um, Strauss comes back on board and albeit, although it's pretty easy, he sacked Silverwood, Giles and Thorpe in short order. So he's at least decisive. I wouldn't mind getting him out here and um, getting him a senior position in Cricket Australia. Swap him for Langer. Uh, Hockley, you mean? Oh, no, yeah, for, yeah, swap in for Hockley, but I was meaning for Langer. Oh, yeah, goes like in, do a out. trade, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I look, I know I like Nick Hockley, but um, I, I just think his steadiness has actually worked against him. So, you know, you know, someone like David Gallup, I'd love to see how he'd handle this situation, you know. He applied for the CEO job. But, you know, I wonder if he'd have just let this sort of dither in the wind. I mean, he, he seems to understand the media a bit more. I don't know. Um all I can say is, I mean, you know, you just you just look across the landscape of Australian cricket today. Whether you agree with Langer being given the job or not, everyone seems to agree that Cricket Australia have botched this. Yeah. It's also something that the corporate world wouldn't do. I remember 
I used to work for a, a big Australian company and there was uh, a leader who'd been in charge for ages and suddenly everyone, everyone sort of, when he resigns or when he retires, because he's getting to that age, there's going to be massive speculation as who's going to take over. And out of the blue, one day there's this announcement. He's retired and the new leader is this. They just did it in 30, 30 seconds. It was bang, bang. That's what a, a proper corporatized approach to this would have been. They would have realized either to say to the players, sorry, Langer, we're going to give him another extended deal. We don't care that you're upset. Um, like that's it or like it is. Or Langer, sorry, mate. Um, you've done you've done a good job. You've tried to improve, but it's too toxic. You're gone. Um, thank you so much. But do you want to announce you're resigning or we'll go this? And by the way, we've already spoken to McDonald. We've told him, shut up. You don't want to go to the IPL. You're going to be the national coach. That's it. Done and dusted. The day after the Sydney, maybe not the day after, let them get over their hangovers. Three days after the Sydney test match, done and dusted and we move on. Yeah. And <clears throat> one thing, that, you know, I've got to take you to task on is what, what seems to be clear is that Langer did evolve. So he was given that vicious um, and undeserved feedback last winter by well, some of the players. You don't know it's undeserved. You don't know it's well, undeserved. Well, I mean, my opinion, in my opinion, undeserved. Um, and there, and... He cops it on the chin. He changes, so he takes more of a back seat. So they win the T20 World Cup. They win the Ashes. By all reports, he he did what was asked, and he just, you know, eased back on the micromanaging. And then Hockley today says the team's evolved past him. So it, it seems like whatever Langer did in the last six months, he was gone anyway. Like, uh, yeah, and that's fine. I mean, that that that, that can be the way that um. In the the first three years of his tenure, if he if he got to the point where they decided we are not going to reinstate him, then that's fine. It's 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 perfectly fine to say that even though we won the World Cup uh, and even though we won the Ashes so well, we are still going to move beyond him because that's that's in the best interest of Australian cricket. As long as they were operating with that in their mindset, um, then that would be fine. Uh, they just handled it in a, a way that didn't need to be handled that way. Yeah, I mean, I'd have given. Um, Langer two more years. If, if I'd been in charge, I said, Langer, you've got two more years, take it or leave it. Uh, I, and I said, you know, that'll take you to six years in the job. We think that's about your time period. Um, yeah, the, the only problem with that is, though, that we just don't know what the players... If the players are... Um, maybe they need to release a little bit more of the player feedback. Not now, because it would, be, it would look horrible, but it would be good to know... Maybe if we had been in on those meetings and heard what the players had had to say... And people like Aaron Finch, who I have, you know, a lot of respect for, Pat Cummins and others, if they had explained exactly why they felt that way, I have a feeling that you might start to feel a little bit differently um, and that you'd think, oh, actually, we don't want to be in a situation where players are fearing the the head coach. Now, there's a difference between fearing and um, respecting, like, you know, that uh, sort of sense that the really good coaches – you respect them. You wouldn't cross them. They're serious people, but you don't sort of lie and wait, lie and lie, lie awake at night, worrying that they're going to give you a rocket the next day. And that seems to be where maybe Langer was at. And that, that, that other days he wouldn't. That he'd be lovely and happy and whatever else. Maybe that was the maybe that was the problem. And that's that's fine if that's what they thought. But it should have just been handled better. It sounds like the reporting that's been done from Malcolm Conn and others that have um, got good sources is that it was um, Langer's volatility 
that yes. um, seemed to be the thing. But he was, you know, he was only volatile at times. And apparently that's all gone away because in the last six months he'd sort of, um, you know, allowed the assistant coaches, the environment had probably changed. I mean, he, he took on a lot when he took that job on. I mean, I think the the players, you know, criticising him for being a little volatile. Is, I mean, if they hadn't, you know, stuffed up the whole culture within the Australian cricket team to a point where we were embarrassed on an international scale, uh, they wouldn't have needed that kind of um, stiff uh, crack of the whip by Justin Langer. And, and then they get a bit, their nose out of joint because he's a bit volatile. I mean, it just seems um, a bit precious to me. Yeah, but they don't necessarily need to be connected. They they might well have needed, and I think they did need a strong leader. But um, the, the fact that he's volatile, that's not ideal. That um, and as I said, maybe maybe Langer now, if he does go to England, will strip that out of himself a bit and um, be all the better for it. Who knows what the environment has been like over the last six months as well? Um, you know, it, there's some talk of oh, that's the only reason we've succeeded because Langer's kind of um, vanished, and effectively, it has been. Steve Nudo and um, McDonald who have been running the show. I don't know. Um, but, um, yeah. Yeah, Hockley said some bizarre things. He said as well that, you know, George Bailey and Tony Donner made as selectors are going to take a more integrated approach with the team and that there's a high level of leadership across the group. You know, this, as I said, I, I just, mate, the red lights are flashing for me. I'm telling you, this is how cultures get in trouble. Just this sort of vague notion that, oh, you know, there'll be leaders in the group and everything will be fine and they're all professionals and, you know, George Bailey's a good bloke, um, you know, Cummins is a good bloke, everything will be good, you know, thumbs up, guys. Uh, and as Pete Lawler said, for example, Andrew McDonald, he's never coached an international team before. I mean, all of a sudden, he's going to be in the spotlight. He's going to be making selection decisions. He's going to be fronting the world's press. Let's see how he does. Oh, yeah, but I mean, maybe he'll be a bit too volatile, like someone else who'd never coached an international team before, Justin Langer. Like, uh, you know, you've got to start somewhere. Um, and I, I think that um, – I don't think that's that's a, that's such a big deal. Um I think the big deal is going to be whether he wants the job or not. Isn't he committed to the IPL and doesn't want it? Yeah, he's just on a temporary basis at the moment. Um, I, I like the idea of Trevor Bayless getting the job. Now that we're in this point where Lang is gone, I like the idea of Trevor Bayless getting the job. He's a very good coach. Um, you know, uh, you know, did pretty good things with England. The test record wasn't great while he was the coach, but their white ball record was superb. Um, but, yeah, I'd be happy with Bayless to take the job or Jason Gillespie. I, I find it hard to give an opinion because I've never seen any of them up close and really know what they're like. I mean, Bayless did fantastically well with their white ball team, as you said. But um, it's funny that you like him and yet you wanted Langer to stay on board. They seemed almost as polar opposite as you can get. That the, Wasn't the joke for a while that you could actually get a couple of sticks and poke them underneath that big hat that Bayless wears in the English dressing room and, and leave them there and you wouldn't notice any difference for days. He just sort of <laughs> sat there with a benign look well, on his face. But, but interesting, <laughs> I think Jason Gillespie and Bayless, I don't think Gillespie's maybe quite that um, to the extremes, but they're both <coughs> coaches that um, are not like Langer. They're less intense. So I think Gillespie would be another great choice Um and I, you know, I've interviewed you and I have both interviewed. I've interviewed him. I mean, he he's he would be a, a great addition to that side. It's someone that I think not only can lead the team, but he seems to be able to lead his coaching staff really well. And um, you know, the, that's part of the reason Langer's not there anymore. Is that a couple of the coaches didn't want him still. Mm. Um, 
I like Chris Rogers, what he's done with Victoria. I think that he seems to have improved a few of their batters quite a quite a deal. Um, mm. I wonder if he's uh, on the radar. He wouldn't be the worst, I don't think. But it's as I said, it's hard. Um, uh, Barrett Sunderacer, you retweeted his point. Well, you know, it's a bit disappointing that there's not even any mention of Ravi Shastri being um, taking over. Although it's an interesting point because mm. you would think um, a bloke has had an enormous amount of success. Uh, I think it's partially that Ravi Shastri's looked upon as a little bit like a Darren Lehman style coach, maybe than a, a, a Darren Lehman at his best. Um, and I don't think that's where Australia needs to be at the moment. But I also think, um, and probably Ravi doesn't want it, but I also think there's a little bit of a, we've gone, you know, we thought we've gone to a foreign coach once with Mickey Arthur. It didn't work. We're Australians. We're the best. No one else can do it. I, I think that we should be casting the net um, far and wide. Um, and, you know, maybe we should get Raul Dravid, pull him out of India and get him here straight away. I mean, if the players can't handle JL, how are they going to handle Ravi Shastri? I mean, he's got the stories. He's a bit of a, a strange cat, loved his um, handling of the Indian cricket team. But, yeah, <coughs> I don't think it'll be a foreign coach. Um, but Hockley did say that they're not going to split the role, that it's going to be one head coach and mm-hmm. then maybe the assistant coach takes the T20 side like um, it's happening now. Yeah, I, I think that, and also the, the the flag that maybe the the head coach will not really go on any white ball only tours, especially the fifty over tours. That some of those meaningless series, maybe in the the lead up to a fifty over World Cup, that might change. But in the sort of fallow period in between, let the let the assistant take that and let the coach get a bit of time at home. All right, so if you want to ask any questions, you've got to be watching on YouTube. I streamed this one to Twitter as well because I thought there might be a few people watching there, but jump on our YouTube channel if you want to ask your questions. I just want to (coughs) – I've got the COVID cough going. I heard Jaleesa's had a bit of hers yesterday as well. Um, um, So I heard Matthew Hayden tearing up on the radio um, earlier today on ABC Radio. He was very emotional and said the – players have basically betrayed Justin Langer that you know he did everything for them he was their friend he was you know he you know what he did reintegrating Smith and Warner back into the side and then they kind of just um betrayed him and he he wasn't very happy that Cummins didn't um say anything I I sort of think Cummins was in a tough spot because whatever he says would have been a headline um but yeah um I didn't listen to the Hayden interview because I heard that clip where he was um um, starting to to cry. I mean, I don't know. Um, is that honest? Are those are those honest tears? Uh, I mean, yeah, he was tear. He was crying. I, I know, but I mean, I don't know. Um, I don't think it's something that's. I don't know. Um, I don't think it's worth crying over. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, it is his friend. Ricky Ponting said Cricket Australia, um, the way they've handled this has been embarrassing. He was quite scathing. Of course, Ricky Ponting said he's also like a brother to Justin Langer. Um, yeah, and Ponting, yeah, Ponting spoke well, uh, I thought. Um, and then um, Peter Lawler said that um, that this has been poorly handled by Cricket Australia, but Justin Langer, you know, should step away. It's probably gone um past the point of no return so that's a bit of a vox pop oh I, I i spent all day digesting all this news um all right let's see the questions because my voice is about to give out <laughs> four minutes <laughs> you go you're the first one all right so uh ruben uh logan Ithan, logan Ithan, um 
Silverwood was sacked because he was too nice to the players and rotated them so they wouldn't feel the effects of bubble life. But Langer was sacked uh, because his players did not like his intense style. It's an interesting point that um, I heard one of the the British journos was saying that Silverwood has the dressing has the dressing room, but no results, and uh, Langer has all the results, but not the dressing room. So contrasting fortunes, and they've both um, they've both gone. One technically not sacked, but um, given such an insulting offer that he might as well have been. And I've got to read this tweet actually because this jumped to my attention. Um, <clears throat> So this is from Chris Stocks, who's an English journalist, and I um, met him at the um, Sydney Test. Lovely guy, one of the lovely cricket journalists that came to our country. And he said, I love this tweet. He says, I guess it was, this is real, like, this is like real, like, prick English at their best. Like, um, <laughs> I guess this is Chris, Chris Stocks, and on Twitter is at Stocks C. The C stands for whatever you want. Um, I guess it was only a matter of time before Australia's players, who were captained by Steve Smith during one Ashes test this winter, managed to force out the guy who was brought in to end the cheating and toxic culture after Cape Town. I mean, yeah, he's got a point. <laughs> I mean, as you've turned, haven't you? You've yeah. absolutely turned. Ah, uh, look, I, I think that, um, you know, I don't think you are going to go for England if, if Langer takes the job. I really you watch, don't think you, you watch, and my wife will love it. So, <laughs> you know, it'll be a win-win for me. It probably won't be a win on the field because I hope. Anyway, Shatil. <coughs> I'll read it. What are, well, you go. What are the odds of Bayless coaching Australia and Langer coaching England in 2020? 2023 Ashes in England, basically the opposite of 2019. Well, man, you, you're good at the odds, Paul. Just Just give us something. Was Bayless still there in 2019? My brain's gone mad. Um, well, yeah, I think he was because he did the um, didn't he do the World Cup and then the Ashes and then that was it. Yep. All right then. Well, I'll give you the odds. So for 2023, will Justin Langer be coaching England for the Ashes? I think it's unlikely. It's certainly possible, um, but I would say it's probably a one in five chance. Um, and will Trevor Bayless be coaching Australia at that stage? Maybe a one in four chance. So one in twenty five percent chance. And just with Trevor Bayless, I mean, the thing about him is he played for the New South Wales cricket team in the 90s, which to me, they're like gods. Like, you know, if you wore the baggy blue in the, the, the late 80s, early 90s. So I would be and in any good Western hands. Australia, any Western Australians listening, that's the basis behind all of this. Us evil people mm. from Sydney couldn't stand Absolutely. someone from Perth. Yeah. Um, I've never defended Langer. Yeah, never yeah. never defended him. We've all, you know, we've, we, we want Dirk Wellen to be coach. We want, mm. you know, we want it all. We want it all New South Wales. Um, Mel T, what are the odds of Menes losing his voice by the end of the video? Um, pretty good. <clears throat> yeah. Way things are standing, pretty good. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, Joe Smith, just a comment, uh, echoes what you said before, and maybe this is Ian Chappell in disguise. A head cricket coach has given way too much importance in the game. A little credit to the players, thanks. I think it's a bit like the captain, that they do overstate the importance of the coach. But it's not nothing. It's 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 something, and you'll you know when you have a really good one, and you know when you have a really bad one. But most of them are pretty competent and don't make a huge difference either way. I think that Justin Langer was a lot closer to a really good one than a really bad one. Can I can I just say that you know a lot of the shits come out about how you know a cricket coach is different to a football coach. That uh, you know a footy coach you don't see them as much. It's training. It's one you know game on the weekend and that's it. There's not like long tours and long series like in cricket. So um, 
you know, by that I think that, you know, the, the coaching cricket, you know, is quite important on a cultural level, just just keeping the, the waters, um, you know, smooth. And, um, yeah, so I think the coach is important. One of the things that, that, that um, the similarities and differences is it's also the difference between being a franchise coach and a national coach. Uh, Langer, I suspect, is probably a better franchise coach than a national coach. And that's not to, to disparage him. It's just that in charge of a franchise, you you know, you can get rid of the players that you don't that don't fit the system. You know, if if there, if there were one or two key cheerleaders mm. in the Australian side that didn't fit the system, you, that's when you do what Alex Ferguson did. I mean, memorably, uh, Ruud van Nistelrooy, who was scoring a goal every game for Manchester United, did something that Alex Ferguson didn't like and he sacked him that day. And everyone said, that's a sign of a great manager. And it kind of is when you're the manager of a franchise or a club. If you if Ferguson had been the national manager of the Netherlands and Van Nistelrooy had been playing up, he wouldn't have had that opportunity because you can't get rid of your best player because you know you can't bring him, you can't bring anyone else back in. So I think there's that difference as well. Yeah, I heard that actually. Someone say um, Brian Gorge and the Sydney Kings basketball coach said during the week that if um, if someone if a captain came after him, he'd get rid of the captain before he could get me. Um, but you exactly, can't. You're yeah. right. You just can't do that. You know, Langer can't just say, "Oh look." You know, come and Stark, all you New South Wales blue baggers that don't like me, you're all dropped. Exactly, yeah. Um, I saw there's a Twitter account, um, which I came across this week, called uh, the Independent State of Victoria. It's like it's all saying we want to become our own country. And it said, won't it be great that first morning at the MCG when Australia's playing Victoria? And I felt like saying, yeah. And Mitchell Stark comes in and clean bowls Travis Dean. It'll be fantastic. Thanks for the laugh there, Menas. Really enjoyed the fact that you um, weren't listening to that joke, but all good. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a free pass, given that you're currently on, on the verge of dying. Uh, Martin Lawrence. Poor bloke. You haven't heard the worst of it, listen, because he's, he's managed to mute himself a few times while he's had um, spasms of coughing in the background. The poor, poor boy. Uh, Martin Lawrence, careful what the players wish for. The last time we had a coach as, as a friend, well, we, we know how that ended up. Um, yep, that's a good point around the um, the end of Daryl Lemon, who, who did have a lot of success in the first couple of years. Mark Olson, great question, Mark. Has Cricket Australia actually agreed what success looks like? I mean, Cricket Australia, if you just turn on the Three Stooges or the Marx Brothers, that's what's going on at Jollymont right now. I'm sad to say I think that Cricket Australia's definition of success is that um, all of the people that are there would think, my definition of success is that I'm in this role in two years' time and happily um, continuing, and that's their number one thing. Very much like um, politicians, um, that's and it's pretty disappointing. Steve Carlisle, do the players have a clear decision on the new coach? Is it a case of the tail wagging the dog? I mean, I think the players have been instrumental in this happening. They led a revolt last year. They've uh, obviously they they were asked whether they wanted Langer to continue privately and publicly and it would seem it was they didn't endorse him in either sphere. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the tail has wagged the dog, has wagged the dog here. Jaleesa made a really good point in the podcast yesterday and talking about because uh, one of the – obviously one of the favourites is Andrew McDonald and she was saying, sure, he and Divinuto are really popular with the players and she said – it's so easy to sort of love your assistant coach. And I thought mm. that's, that's so true that the assistant coach can be the one that you um, shoulder to cry and all that. doesn't have to do the tough, tough deals. It would be ironic, despite all that I've said, be ironic in this, if Australia had actually evolved the very best method over the last six months, where you have a head coach who's a bit um, 
a, a bit unpopular and a bit kind of um, moody. But you're you like kind the school of, principal. Kind but you of don't figure. see him every day. You see him only occasionally. Yeah. And you strolls get through the corridors and cracks the whip. Yeah, everyone's like, let's go out to parties. Oh, there's Jayla. You know, um, oh, Andrew, do you want to come and work on my cover drive? Okay, let's go to the Nets. Um, yeah. <laughs> so finally you've agreed with me after six months. Yeah, you've got me. You've this. got me. Um, and, um, it's, sad it a, that, it's, it's sad that the um, that what it's taken is that you're going to relocate to um, you know Yorkshire or somewhere for the rest of your life. Oh, we are actually. You know, when my <laughs> youngest son finishes school, we're moving to the UK. It's the plan. So, uh, <clears throat> Steve Carlisle, is this a black mark on Pat Cummins' report card early in his career? Who is calling the shots amongst the players if it's not Cummins' fault? It's an interesting thing. I think that Cummins must be on board with the other players of being happy enough for, for Langer to move on. And it doesn't have to be um, massive. Like, it, it, I think it is possible for them to say, look, there's plenty of good that he did, but we ultimately we think it's time for him to go. I still like him as a guy, but I just don't want him as coach anymore. It doesn't have to be outright hatred. I think that where Cummins has been misadvised in the last few days is um, being in the media. I understand that he had um, the commitment to the solar uh, solar powering of cricket grounds as, as a climate change initiative. And as I said in the show yesterday, that's a very laudable initiative. But he should have said, look, we're going to just put this off until um, the, the new coach has been announced because otherwise I'm just going to look like a politician. So I think that was unwise of him appearing in the media in the last couple of days, given he couldn't really say anything. Ricky Ponting made a point that he's reticent to to pile in to say Cummins for, for this all being on him because – you know, Cummins is in a tough spot because if he <clears throat> supports Langer and there is, you know, a lot of players that um, weren't on board with it and Langer got, ex- say Langer got extended, then those players might, um, you know, feel a bit annoyed at Cummins and vice versa. It, you know, he kind of couldn't win. Um, so he wasn't in an easy spot. No, absolutely. And... Um... <clears throat> I think the only thing to do was like what Nick Hockley did when he announced the Pakistan fixtures the other day. He just didn't take questions. Um, mm. Cummins should have uh, taken the lead from that and not and made himself pretty scarce for a few days, I think. Yeah. All righty. Well, um, yeah, I'm back commentating tomorrow, so I, hope, I think my voice will get magically get better by tomorrow afternoon. It's the Kingsgrove Sports T20 Cup final. And actually... Oh, for for uh, like a fluke, the big bash players are back. So Daniel Sams and Jason Sanger are playing for Randwick Petersham, and Hayden Kerr, the Sixers hero, is back for Sydney University. So if you've got KO, it's a freebie. Actually, you don't. Even, yeah, you can just download it tomorrow at two thirty. I'll be commentating. Jack's probably going to have to do most of the ball by ball the way I'm sounding. <laughs> um. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you're back for that. Sounds like a lot of fun. That those four players will even add to it more. Mm. Pat um, Cummins' brother's the captain of the Sydney University side. I can ask him. Did you know? Did you? Uh, what's his name? Tim. Tim. Did you have anything to do with Langer being? Imagine that was my question because I'm doing the toss. <laughs> did you have anything to do with Langer being pushed out, Tim? Then the, you, you'd be pushed out in about four seconds after mm. that. <laughs> Uh, Joe Smith's point here, where were all these former players when Mickey Arthur was getting stabbed in the back? And I think the interesting thing about that is that that kind of everyone wanted Mickey Arthur to go. And I think that's a great pity because I think Mickey Arthur probably could have been a, a good coach of Australia. Maybe now it would be good to get someone like Mickey Arthur on board, but it's never going to happen. 
think he went too far the other way that um Lehman had introduced a sorry not Lehman um the the previous culture was so macho and everything else they wanted to kind of bring a softer side to it and Mickey Arthur went a bit too fast and but then you saw what happened when you go back the other way so it's a pity that um Mickey Arthur will never coach the Australian side again I think I won't lose any sleep over that We've got enough good coaches in Australia. Um, all righty. Well, I, I, look, I think we should wrap it up. We've got 40 minutes. Um, I'm going to go and cry myself to sleep now that Justin Lang is no longer the coach of the Australian cricket team. Well, um, I, I, the sad thing is, for you, I don't think he's going to coach England. I mean, I think there's a there's a definite chance, but the odds are that he probably won't. Um, but it, w- it would make for the Ashes to be even more exciting in 2023. And it's, I, I think the England coaching job pays almost a million a year. So, I mean, if you're Langer and you're thinking, okay, you know, five year, four years coaching England, set me up for retirement, I mean, do it. A million quid or a million dollars? I think like a million quid. Right, okay. Because I think he was on 900K. Mm, I think uh, so, yeah. Lang, England pays more, I think. Yeah. And you wouldn't even – people sort of say, oh, well, does he want to relocate? Given that – if there, if there was no COVID, you'd be spending 300 days of the year away from home anyway. You could almost stay living in, in Perth, kind of relocate for the English um, summer, and then the rest of you are bouncing around anyway. They'll be off to the West Indies soon and um, here, mm. there, and everywhere after that. It's it's kind of it's not the enormous change that it necessarily um, needs to be, given that you're hardly at home anyway. I mean, he hasn't been exactly. home since September. Exactly. All righty. Well, I send my regards to Justin Langer. Hope he's doing well. Uh, yeah, stuff all you blokes that pushed him out. Um, I hope it blows up in your face. And um, <laughs> um, yeah, go back and listen to Paul and Jaleesa's podcast um, from Friday. They they didn't just talk Langer stuff, so there's lots there. Uh, the three of us will be back together hopefully next week sometime. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening and watching. Yeah. Bye. Bye. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.